This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to the post-game podcast to reflect on a huge 2-1 win at Fulham that leaves Liverpool two points clear at the top of the Premier League going into the final international break of the season. Manchester City may have a game in hand, but the pressure is now firmly on City after James Milner's 81st-minute penalty ensured a great week for Jurgen Klopp's side ended on a high. I'm your host Paul Wheelock, but I'll soon be handing over to our Liverpool FC correspondent James Pearce, who delivers the definitive verdict on what went down at Craven Cottage this afternoon. You'll then hear every word from Reds manager Klopp press conference after the match and then you'll get the thoughts of the six Liverpool fans who have called into this podcast Alex Watt, Ross Strachan, Matt Whitty, Owen Thomas, Nathan Davidson and Mark Baker. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Liverpool have returned to the top of the Premier League table and they did so with a dramatic 2-1 victory over Fulham here at Craven cottage it was uh, far from a convincing performance from Jurgen Klopp's side I think you could see the kind of mental and physical toll of what's been a gruelling week on the back of that you know the the hard-fought win over Burnley at Anfield last weekend then the heroics away to Bayern Munich in the Champions League in midweek and then coming here today when you know in torrential conditions against a team scrapping for their lives at the bottom end of the, the Premier League. Liverpool were, were a million miles away from their, their fluent best. You know, on paper, this was a game that they would have been expected to have won comfortably, but um, that never really looked likely. It was a, a really scrappy, disjointed first half. Liverpool making a lot of mistakes in possession. And uh, you know the goal, the opening goal came out of absolutely nowhere, really. 26 minutes on the clock, and it was, uh, you know, again... Sadio Mane, how important has he been to Liverpool since the turn of the year? Absolutely massive in keeping this pursuit of uh, what is a two-pronged assault on the, the two biggest prizes in club football well and truly on track. Sadio Mane playing a, you know, it was a, a lovely exchange of passes with Roberto Firmino. Uh, Mane picking Firmino's run out, then continuing his own dart into the penalty box and then Firmino having the, uh, the intelligence and the, and the, the skill to pick Mane out and he finished emphatically from about eight yards out and <coughs> that's now 20 goals for the season for Sadio Mane equaling his tally for the whole of last season 11 in 11 as well for him and um, you know at a time especially when you know Mo Salah for him the goals have, have dried up again Salah today I think you could see he is just a short of confidence in the final third when those chances drop to him um, you know I'm sure the break that Salah will get now will do him good. I mean, he's not going away with Egypt and international duty, and hopefully that will allow him to get back firing on all cylinders. But uh, certainly, you know, Salah has still been making a contribution in recent weeks. I, mean, I thought he was he was good against Bayern, and, uh, and and certainly played his part with Liverpool's goals last weekend against Burnley. But when the chances came his way, he wasn't able to take them. In, in contrast, Sadio Mane, everything he's, he touches seems to turn to gold at the moment. And um, that goal energised Liverpool, finally got them going. Um, and they, you know, they threatened to add to that, had a few other chances before the break. Didn't, didn't kill Fulham off. And then the second half, you know, it, um, you know, it, Liverpool's control, which is you know, something we've admired about this Klopp team, that ability, that maturity to, to, to boss a game, even when they've only been, say, a, a goal up. It, it just started to loosen. You know, their grip on proceedings you know, went, went by the wayside, really, and you could just sense the mood around this place changing. They, you know, they sensed that there was still something in this game for them. I think, I think you could tell that Klopp 
wasn't happy on the touchline. You know, Liverpool were making a lot of mistakes. He made a double change. He brought on James Milner. He brought on Divock Origi. Um, but, you know, just within a couple of minutes of those changes, uh, Liverpool really shot themselves in the foot. It was a, you know, a, a horrible goal to concede and certainly very much out of keeping what, we, what we've seen defensively from this team so far this season. It was Milner who sliced the clearance that initially put Van Dijk in trouble, but even then, you know, it really should have been dealt with. As it was, Van Dijk, you know, he hesitated, he gestured for Alisson to come and deal with it. Alisson stayed put in the end. Van Dijk has nodded it back to his keeper. Um, it was a weak header, left it a bit short. Still, I felt that Alisson could have been could have been more proactive in, in coming for it. He seemed to be slow to react to the danger. And Ryan Babel, the, the former Anfield man, he uh, he stole in, got there ahead of Alisson and uh, slammed it into the unguarded net. Um, no celebration from Ryan Babel, a touch of class from him, him explaining afterwards he remains a fan of the club, wants to see them do well and I think you know, he, uh, he didn't join in the wild celebrations around this place, um, but it was, a, it was a horrible goal. I think you know, some people will question whether it was Van Dijk or Alisson mainly to blame. I think, I think for me it was a 50-50 job. I think both of them uh, didn't cover themselves in glory in that moment, but two players who have been absolutely immense for Liverpool in this title challenge so any criticism of them should certainly be be muted because uh, they're both massively massively in credit with what they've done for this team so far this season what was most impressive was Klopp's side showing that the powers of recovery yet again how many times have we said that you know suffering a setback but rather than wilting they really rolled their sleeves up dug in and then nine minutes from time, they got that dramatic winner. Uh, it was a it was a Salah shot that was spilled by uh, Rico in goal. The keeper panicked. Uh, you know he had no real need to grab Mane like he did. Uh, Mane went down pretty theatrically, but you'd have to say the keeper was stupid to put his ar arms on him. And then uh, Milner, you know, absolute nerves of steel to step up and slam home that that penalty. Um, it seems every Liverpool title challenge appears to involve a dramatic win here at Craven Cottage. Back in 2009, it was Yossi Benayoun with the late winner. Five years ago, it was Steven Gerrard's last gas penalty. Uh, and now this title challenge has, it, has its own late, late win at Craven Cottage. So Liverpool, two points clear now at the top of the Premier League table. Of course, City have that game in hand, but it's very much pressure on City. Now, Liverpool have done their bit. They've taken care of their own business, and now they can enjoy a fortnight looking down on the rest of the Premier League before they play Tottenham at Anfield at the end of the month. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Uh, the game. The game was, I think we started well and then we lost the rhythm a little bit because it was... Um, so two things. Fulham is a really good football playing side. Now again, I don't know, I saw the last... Two games, I saw over the season a few more, but now the last two games, of course, I had to watch a bit more intense. Really good football playing team in the moment without getting really dangerous in front of the goal. So it means a play around, and you have to we have to run a lot in a week where you play Wednesday and Munich and stuff like that. For us, it would be easier if you have more chances to win the ball because you cannot win the ball. They play around, they just play around. You have only to close the gaps until. They make a mistake or you win the ball one time. It's, it's, a, it's a strange one. And it was so different to the two games we played in that week, Burnley and, 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 and Munich and now Fulham. Three different kind, nearly different kind of sports. So, 
Um, that cost us a bit of rhythm because we had um, scored a wonderful goal. We could have had more of these situations. We were still dominant and stuff like that. But when they had the ball, we had to work a lot. Second half, I thought we had better, more, a bit clearer in the situation. We had better chances in the box. Started immediately a little bit better. So that's all okay. It's a normal game against a, a good, a good football team. So we could have finished, scored, I would say, one or two uh, more before um, Fulham then. We let them back a bit in the game with the counter-attacks, passing the, the wrong ball, you see that. It's just the intensity of the competition. It's nothing to do, it's nothing to do with nerves. When Trent passed the ball in the middle of the park and they get the ball and pass it only one time and then Barbell is against one or two. These situations, they hurt, but it's normal. The goal they scored, obviously, was then, um, yeah. I thought a little bit we back for it. There were two, three moments when they, uh, we asked for it. Uh, two, three moments where it was not exactly like that, but they had their best moments in that period of the game. Then finally they score. Um, but then I saw actually the, the reaction of my players. I'm really pleased with that. It was a good reaction. We, I thought we, we were after we got the equalizer again, much clearer than we were before the equalizer. And um, so. All good, good reaction. Not a perfect football game, but in a, in a difficult week for us, sensational result, to be honest. What did you think of the I don't know, I didn't see it. But so far, nobody told me it was no penalty. That makes me quite comfortable that it was a penalty. Come on, I don't want to talk about them. Mo scored a lot of goals when, when he got the penalties now as well, but when um, Millie's on the pitch, I think it makes sense. Um, and so wonderful. Doubts not, but he's, even Millie is a human being. You know, can't fail. Um, but um, no, very, very good. He said he, said he told to come on, calm it down. <laughs> the first ball he got there, he shoots somewhere. Yeah, very nice. So I said, that's impact. Without Millie, it's probably 1 0. Yeah, with Millie, it's 2 1. And that's in 15 minutes. Cool, then. Look, it's football is sometimes like this. Now we got a penalty, and I think it was a penalty. So, and then now we say we, we didn't panic. I, I didn't see us panic. That's right. I liked how we reacted, but we need a penalty for that for that situation. So we are now. It, that doesn't say we are sensational, and the, the boys are human beings. I, I I was sure we will not panic. We will not show like the nerves you are all waiting for that we show them. It's, um, we are we are long enough now in the situation that we that we know um, we. It's difficult for other teams to beat us. That gives us always the opportunity, pretty much, to win it. So they're very often that we are always in. A, I would say, in, okay, against Chelsea long ago, where we won it up. But in most of the draws we had, we were closer to win the game. So it, that means it gives us, of course, confidence as well that we know there will come another chance and come on, go for it, do the right things because we didn't do the right things anymore before. And at five minutes, five, ten minutes before the equaliser, we had so many little mistakes, but 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 made it a, a wild game. We had to, to we controlled the game completely, and then we gave Fulham the ball, and then the crowd came and everything, and then, then it was a bit more exciting again. So now it is like it is. We had a very intense week, how you can imagine, going to Munich, coming back, and all that stuff. Um, Thursday, late in bed, coming back, blah blah blah, all that stuff. Traveling to London is not around the corner for us, huh? so I'm completely fine. Um, how is that? Average game, sensational result. Well done. Neil.
Jürgen, is it important or significant to you and the players that you're going to the international break, top of the table, with seven games left in the field? But which part is important to me? That they is, it, is it significant? Is it important? Yeah, look, it's the best position you can be in if you when you leave, when <laughs> you go. But um, for us, it was it was clear. It's always clear when the city they don't look that they drop a lot of points. <laughs> Honestly, so we have to win. We have to win and to win and to win. That's that's our job to do. They they don't play today. Um, we knew that as well. Um, but uh, now they have a game in hand. That doesn't mean that we are now. Um, um, far away from them or something like this, but yeah, of course, more important. It's very important that we won today. You could see it. I think in our reaction after the game, we were really all very, very happy about that. But the most important thing now is, of course, that they all come back healthy again. So it's now for, yeah, quite a lot of players come up an intense time with two games for most of them, um, and then we start immediately against Tottenham again, which is a. a an interesting game eh? against a really good football team. So um, nothing is decided. What we can make sure is that we stay in the race. We stay in the race, and we want to stay in the race. And today, we showed that. So all good. Alison, final question. Yeah, but it's news, isn't it? That you've left Holland feeling indignant and quite good about themselves because they've got City next. Yeah. Is that news that you have to start again because I was a bit confused because of Alison. I thought I expected now a man. <laughs> My Alison is looks obviously completely different. <laughs> so. It's good news. You you'll be leaving Fulham, and Fulham will be leaving feeling indignant, and but also quite confident, and they're playing City next. Ah, now I got it. Um, yeah, it's after an international break. I don't know exactly how many players Fulham, um, international players Fulham has that they have to go and stuff like that. Um, but um, City has a lot, I'm pretty sure. Um, so that's an always a different game. But how is that? Fulham plays good football. The next step for them, how, I don't want to... Um, because Scott will do it by himself, but now the next step is, of course, to, to, to create something with it, to get chances or whatever, because we, it didn't feel that we are proper under threat even when they had the ball, to be 100% honest. But a lot of things are really good and how I heard because I didn't play a lot against Fulham yet when my first or second game against Fulham, my first game at Fulham. It's kind of the DNA of the club. So and I know how they got um, promoted last year on the really football playing side, so that's that's all good. Um, but there's so much potential here. Eh? So what I like today is obviously they look quite calm. So kind of accepted the situation and now come on, let's play football again. It was we worked one year so hard for it, or even a few more years so hard for it to, to get in the Premier League. Now it looks like maybe next year not uh, we will not be there, but let's enjoy it still. And that's how it was. Difficult to play, I have to say, really difficult to play today. Final question, Jonas. Yeah, can I just very quickly check on Jordan Henderson? Do you think he'll be available to report after the international? <laughs> Yeah, it's Hendo, and Hendo will go to the national team. I think it will be two, two or three days still at at, at Melwood and and make the rehab. But it looks positive. It looks positive, and I think he's in contact with Garrett. That um, when he when he's when he can train in that moment, he then he goes to the national team, and, and if he plays, probably will will Garrett decide then. But it, how I said after the game, it was really positive. It was a skill not able to play today, but it was not that serious. And now. Um, in three, four days, he should be fine. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Hello, Alex Watt from Did It Cross the Line podcast. And we did not make it easy today, did we? Um, 
I don't know how we managed to make this game against Fulham more difficult than a second leg tie against Bayern Munich at the Allianz, but we did somehow. Um, I feel like the Reds keep finding new ways to make us all sweat, to be honest. But yeah, a win's a win. Um, Sadio Mane had another cracker, obviously scoring the first and winning the penalty for the second. And I think that's 11 and 11 for him now. He's level with goals for Salah this season in the league. And that's without him taking any penalties. I mean, yeah, imagine if Mane ended up winning the golden boot when no other football fans were really talking about him at all earlier in the season. But wanted to keep an eye on that. Um, but yeah... Strange game, um, so comfortable for an hour. You know, you had Robertson and Mane causing them havoc down the left. Salah had quite a few chances. Trent was getting so much room on the right. And it was all a bit too easy, to be honest. But we just weren't taking our chances and killing it off with a second goal. And that did kind of set Fulham up to get that equaliser if a mistake happened, which it did, you know, Milner making an error and... To be fair, he joked about it after the game. He said um, the gaffer told him to go on and calm it down. So obviously the first thing I do is slice it massively. That then, you know, fell to Van Dyke, And after keeping Mitrovic and Barbel quiet all day, he makes really his first major mistake of the season. And of all the teams for Virgil van Dyke to make that error against, I didn't think it had come against 19th placed Fulham, to be honest. Um... Allison was poor as well, and it was just it was just a mess to be honest. And it had to be Ryan Barbel who scored it, didn't it? But thank goodness Sergio Rico decided to German suplex Sadio Mane. <laughs> to be honest, I'm not sure what he was thinking with that decision, but I'm glad he did it. And it was a nailed-on penalty, whatever Tim Cahill and rival football fans want to claim, you know. And yeah, Milner dispatched the pen with ease, as he tends to do, to be honest. And yeah, we made hard work of it today, but we got the three points at least. You know, we're top of the league again, at least for now, and just seven games to go. And yeah, over to Man City on that one next, I guess. We've got the game in hand. They play Fulham in that one, interestingly enough, um, which will be interesting. As for us, we've got a couple of weeks now with the international break, and then we've got that game against Spurs waiting for us after that, which will be massive. And then... Yeah, Champions League is back after that. Obviously, the Champions League draw happened. Of course, we always get the easy draws, um, as long as you ignore the fact that we've played PSG, Napoli and Bayern Munich in this season's tournament already. But obviously, Porto's the draw we would have wanted. But, you know, we've still got to win the game. They're not going to be a pushover and we've got to get the job done, and then we're looking at a massive semi-final, potentially against either Barcelona or Man United, which will be amazing. Um, so there's still loads of fun stuff to play for this season, and yeah, I just hope those coming games go a little bit smoother than this one went today. <laughs> Cheers. Drew Austin Witness with his thoughts on the Fulham v Liverpool game. Really, really nervy win. Uh, managed to get the 2-1 win. With the penalty, it'll be about 10 minutes to go. But it should have never really come to that. But absolutely over the moon. Just It's just sheer relief. We've got the victory. It's all about getting the three points now at this stage of the season. I'm not interested in how we perform at this stage. I just want the three points. Seven games to go. That's all we were about, three points. But it was, 
it was fairly routine up until you know they they started to get back into it. First half, I thought it was routine. They were well set up, but there was no real there's no real threat from them. We were controlling the game, and it just felt it just felt I, had, I just had the feeling it was going to be a routine victory. And when Mane gets that goal midway through the first half, great bit of football. The man's absolutely on fire. It was a given goal with Firmino, and the movement off the ball make creates the goal. Really great, great movement. And like I say, he's in, he's he's on such good form. Evanietz is going in, and long may he continue this season. He's, he's he's been magnificent this season. But yeah, we won the up cruising, really cruising. In my opinion, I think it's just you're almost thinking, you know, let's because let's push on. There's goals to be had here. Let's close that goal lifting stand. But it just never really transpired that way. Uh, Fabinho picked up a you know, silly yellow card in the first half and he's quite liable to do that a few times he's had yellow cards and there was, you know, a couple of minutes later he, on another day he's got a second yellow so that, that's something he needs to keep his eye on but other than that it was routine very routine first half and we're going into the second half and cruising but the longer a game like that goes on it's still only 1-0 isn't it it's tight any little chance the back in the game, and it was it was around the sixty minute mark. They had a goal disallowed, and it was a few of them, a few of them offside. But to me, that should have been a bit of a wake up call. You know, they're still in this at one nil, and you concede it's one all, and you've blown it. And it transpired really bad error at the back. I don't know who to lay the blame at really. It was collective, but Van Dyke's headed back. You know, it, it didn't look like the worst back header. But I think the keeper's either just got to come out and catch it, or if he's if he doesn't know what if he's not confident of that, just clear clear the ball. Don't know how it's happened. It slipped through and it's fella, you know, Babel's feet. And he's slotted. The credit. Well, if, if some people think credit, but he didn't celebrate. And I'm one for, you know, you celebrate for the team you play for, but he's shown us a bit of respect there, didn't celebrate the goal. I thought Babel was really good for that, I thought he was, there. I thought he was a real threat for them today. You know, he seems like he's been around for a long, long time. But you forget, he was so young he was when he was at Liverpool, so... And he, he was he was a good player for Liverpool, he, he was a good threat, and I was sad to see him you know, leave the Premiership and that. You, you can see he has still got that pace and a bit of trickery about him, but... But yeah, going you know one one, fifteen minutes, twenty minutes to go. It's it's almost panic stations. You think we need this win? We need this win. If you don't win, you can you can basically count on the title as gone. And we got that bit of luck, that bit of luck we needed on about it was around the eighty minute mark. Balls in the box and the keepers made a bit of a hash of it. And then as it's as it's running away, he's just. It's, Stupidly, just pulled. He's pulled Mane back. It's a soft penalty, but he's pulled his shirt back. It, it, it is a penalty when all said and done. And the coolest man on the park stepped up, Milner, never in doubt, slotted two one and settled the nerves because it's say it's squeaky bum time almost because every every three points now is huge. Every game now has got to be treated like a cup final. But we got the win, two one. Nice little break now. Players, we can get some. Hopefully, get some players back fit. And the final push for the last bit of the season—it's so exciting, all to play for. To see us top of that table with seven games to go, it really is all to play for. We've got the Champions League that carrots look forward to, and then 
this championship to push on for. So, you know, it doesn't get much better than this for us Liverpool fans at the minute. And I just, you know, as I've, as I've said before, we take one game at a time and I cannot wait for the next game. We've just got to keep pushing. Come on, Liverpool. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Hi, it's Matt Whitty reflecting on Liverpool's massive 2-1 away win against Fulham at Craven Cottage. Uh, yeah, result was all important today and we got that. Uh, performance was, was up and down. Um, I do think that at this time of the season, you know, in the last seven, eight games, you get some really unpredictable results with either teams that have been, you know, in a relegation battle the whole season, uh, pulling out results or teams that have nothing to play for suddenly finding um, a sort of a, a second wind or a or a first wind in some cases. And uh, yeah, and Fulham, who've been battered by loads of teams this season, have uh, get, certainly gave us a, a good game today, as, as they did at Anfield, uh, to be fair. Um, you've got to say that Mane, uh, his form has been absolutely immense, and he's been, you know, the uh, the 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 the, uh, the the creative outlet for for our challenge, both uh, domestically and in the European Cup. And uh, I was sort of reflecting really on his uh, on his signing when we when we signed him for Southampton for like thirty thirty four million, and I was a bit unsure to be honest at the time about whether we were getting the kind of player that we needed, and it was seemed a little bit underwhelming. And he, 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 you know, I kind of thought that he was probably a bit, um, a bit too uh, streaky uh, for what we needed. But uh, yeah, Matt, yeah, I've, I've been proved so, uh, so wrong by uh, by his performances. He's been absolutely magnificent, and uh, yeah, he's just been brilliant. And, and particularly since the turn of the year, he's really been the player that's uh, that's that's led uh, led our led our led our attack really. And and you know to see him that. He's played, you know, right wing. He's played centre forward. He's played left wing. He's such a versatile player. He's covered when Coutinho went out and dropped back into sort of a half um, left of a front three stroke number ten player. He's just been absolutely brilliant. And uh, yeah, he's just been just been magnificent. He was he was involved in the goal, obviously for the uh, for the opener, um, drifting out wide uh, on the left with a lot of the attention on Salah on the right. And yeah, Mane pulled wide left, found space, played a one two with Firmino. And uh, yeah, and was there in the uh, to, to to tap it in from uh, from 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 ten yards. And it was interesting. I was watching the game today with with a neutral who uh, you, you kind of take Mane for granted a bit, in that we we all know how good he is. But it was interesting watching it with a neutral today who was just you know blown away by his by his movement and you know creating that goal from sort of that slowish position out on the left wing and yeah just yeah turning on the afterburners and and suddenly tapping it in you know ten seconds later yeah it was brilliant. Um, yeah, I thought uh, the last 15 minutes of the first half, we really slowed things down and we started to get a bit sloppy and the passes went astray in midfield and we couldn't find any you know, any of the forwards and the forwards couldn't find each other. And that sort of flowed into the second half, really. And uh, yeah, it was a bit sloppy. Fulham weren't really threatening too much, but yeah, it just wasn't, uh, just things weren't, weren't clicking today. And for Salah, just nothing, nothing came off for him today. Uh, but uh, yeah, his his day's coming. He's he's absolutely due a game where nothing really happens for him, or he doesn't play that well, and he absolutely gets a, a hatful. So uh, yeah, I'm absolutely certain that's going to come in a 
in a game in the coming weeks when uh, when he when he plays worse than he has uh, recently and uh, and then everything goes off. I thought Fabinho and Van Dijk uh, had good games. I thought their diagonal balls out in particular towards Robertson and Trent Alexander-Arnold really gave us an outlet. And uh, yeah, it was just uh, yeah, it was just great to watch some of those balls. You know, everyone loves a pinged diagonal ball, and there were loads of them today. And uh, yeah, it was obviously a, a key thing that we worked on. Uh, Fulham got back into the game with a mix-up for Van Dijk and Allison, two of our best players this season. Uh, it was a slice clearance in the midfield from Milner and some initial hesitation from Van Dijk, which we're not used to seeing, and then a header that was probably a bit under hit. Um, they were saying on the TV that um, Allison should have gone for it with his hands, but that was a, it was a bit tricky. You know, it was only his studs that got to it, and it was just a bit of a mess up. And Babel almost looked reluctant to to put it in, but he did. And uh, yeah, late late on, uh, Milner made amends. Uh, naturally, it was Sadio Mane who was involved again, getting getting caught by uh, uh, Sergio Rico, uh, putting his arms around him and getting dragged down for the pen. And uh, yeah, I had no doubts that uh, that Milner would score, and he did. And uh, yeah, it was reminiscent of uh, Gerard's penalty against Fulham in 2014 against Craven Cottage. That was another another late penalty that secured a, a narrow win and gave us more belief for the uh, for the title cha- uh, chase that year. So yeah, we go uh, two points clear at the top of the league. Happy days, and uh, yeah, hopefully we've given uh, Fulham a bit of confidence for when they face City in the league in the not too distant future. Hello, this is Owen from Cop On Podcast. Oh my lord, I'm elated, elated, sky high with glorious, glorious emotion. Fantastic match. Uh, Liverpool 2, Fulham 1 away. The first time in our history that we have won three consecutive matches at Craven Cottage. So the history books told us it was going to be difficult. Indeed it was. Credit to Fulham. Credit to them. Scott Parker. I mean, the bus didn't even leave the station, did it? It was just there. Scott Parker took the keys out before anyone could even think about uh, driving it anywhere. Um, it was... It was a very, very tough match. Uh, in the rain as well, uh, we had 63% possession, uh, 16 shots in total, six on target. We could have had two penalties. In the end, we only had one. And Jimmy Milner, oh, what a feeling. That was defiance, defiance. He didn't look too confident uh, when he was running up to take the kick. But, you know, if in doubt, thwonk it down the middle. That's the English way. Well done to Jimmy. Absolutely lovely. We don't need a paninka. Just thwonk it. Just thwonk it. Um, the, uh, yes, the emotional elevator sank down to several layers of hell when, uh, when Ryan Babel uh, scored that crazy goal. I think it was the football god's way of rewarding him for his choice of hair colour. Uh, but then to come back from that, you know, with 16 minutes of the match left, to win a penalty, oh, what a feeling. Lots of positives I take from that match. Our passing accuracy was up uh, to 84%. That's really good, really good news. Um, you know, that's a good performance. Uh, Sadio Mane, of course, 11 goals. 11 games could he be working his way towards the player of the season possibly but uh, you know there's only one man who's probably our favorite isn't there at this point Virgil van Dijk who give man of the match 
every time because uh, I was making a list of the key battles that we're going to record now in our podcast but uh, you know Virgil van Dyke against Mitrovic it wasn't even a battle was it Virgil completely completely nuked him this is Owen from Cop On Podcast I'm about to just go and sort of you know dance slowly around my room with uh, I don't know there's nobody there I'm just gonna dance with the ghosts uh, absolutely fantastic. Liverpool 2, Fulham 1, two weeks into the desert of international break. But we've got a two-point advantage. And I think that's better than a 7-0 for Liverpool because we fluked a little bit this win, although we deserved it, we fluked it. And Man City will be thinking, oh, oh, they're going to be a little bit frustrated, aren't they? Hi there, Nathan Davidson, talking about Liverpool 2, Fulham 1. So today was all about just getting the right result, getting the three points, getting back up to the top of the league and really putting the pressure on City. And we managed to do that. We did it the hard way. We made it very, very hard for ourselves. But we got there in the end, so absolutely buzzing with that. Did what was needed. So in the first half, I thought we were really clever the way we started the game. We weren't really out pressing them too much we were just letting them having the ball and just waiting for any mistakes or laps in concentration poor passes and seeing if we could just sniff them out and then counter up them, counter at them from there that didn't really come to fruition and that, but we did get an early goal which was everything we needed to take away a little bit of the stress and the pressure of the situation it was Mane who linked it well to Firmino Mane passed to Firmino back to Mane and he slotted it in the net. And to be fair, there was a lot of bodies in front of him, so quite a good finish there from Mane. Brilliant work. And then, as as the first half went on, with the dominant side, we created chances throughout the game really today really well. I thought in previous games we've been in control, but we haven't really created as many chances as you would like, especially in the final third. But we created loads today. Unfortunately, we squandered a few. There weren't. There wasn't too many great, great chances, but we did look dangerous going forward. But as as I said, as we get to the end of the first half, it did get a bit sloppy. Um, and it was just in the final third, compared to the start, there was the passes weren't as crisp. I think, obviously, the weather it wasn't as good. And it just started to affect them. The crosses, especially from Trent out wide, weren't really what was required. But... We came out in the second half and were miles better again. Very positive start. Lost the chances in the first five minutes. Really getting behind them. Whether some of them was because of Fulham's poor defending or our good interplay is debatable, but it was positive that we did that. Then, after a good period, we don't get the second goal, which is so vitally important. And I feel, for me, I think we start trying to push for that second goal too much. There was a corner, for example where it ends up Andy Robertson pretty much by himself as three of them are countering at him. Salah does really well, to be fair, to sprint back and make it a three-on-two, but you can't just be having one man back. You've got to, If you're going to go up, they've got to come back quick or you've got to leave more men back. For me, I'd, as a minimum, always have two people back there, if not three. Just the way the Premier League is, it's so fast-paced. It's, it's, you can really easily get caught out on the counter from your own corner. Then we have Fulham's offside goal as well, which was just showed what a threat 
they had on the counter and how we were maybe pushing that a little bit too hard, but we get away with that one. And then we do have Fulham's equalising goal, which was just a strange one all round, really. The ball over the top, Van Dyke goes to head it back to Alisson, and to feather header does reach it, Alisson, but it's a little bit soft, and Alisson doesn't take it straight away, and Babel knocks it past him and puts it in the back of the net. For me, there was a couple of issues with that. One, I know Van Dyke's so calm and collected, I know the whole team have much more nerve than I do. But for me, in that situation, I just want Van Dyke to be blasting that out for a throw-in or a corner. Like, I don't want him to be taking any chances with that. But I can understand why he's trying to knock it back because we've he's done it so many times successfully. So as other other people in this Liverpool team have. But I think the bigger problem for me with that is if Alisson just runs out, he can just run, take that ball and take everything with it. And that is for me. Like I know then you run the risk of maybe getting a penalty, but I think that was Alisson's to claim. Even when the ball sort of came in, he could have just grabbed onto that, I think. I know I'm maybe being a little bit critical there, but that situation shouldn't really be happening. But if that situation is going to happen and we are going to concede goals from mistakes like that, I want it to be when we still manage to get the result. And that's been the case today, so... I'm, that so I can deal with that like yeah it's not great but we've got the result in the end so it doesn't matter too much another similar one for me was the obviously back at the start of the season with Alisson made that mistake at the Leicester away game yeah he made that mistake probably shouldn't have happened but we got the 2-1 win so it's not costing us points so that's brilliant then we have the penalty which is the winning goal in the end and I just couldn't understand why Sergio Rico's thought of bringing Mane down Mane wasn't really going anywhere. He wasn't even 100% going to be his ball. There was Fulham players around him, but he's just pulled him down. And, of course, that's definitely a penalty. And James Milner is normally so good from the penalty spot, slots it away brilliantly. I thought Fabinho is worth a mention today because he got the yellow card towards the end of the first half and he looked like, at the end of the first half, he's not careful to get sent off. But in the second half, he was much more controlled, wasn't too aggressive, and he did really, really well. Uh, Mane today was instrumental obviously I think he ended up playing across the whole front three started out on the left Origi came on he went on the left then Mane was in the centre for a bit and then I think when Salah went off for Sturridge Sturridge went through the centre and Mane seemed to be on the right and he's just been instrumental in the minute. I think there's like seven goals in seven uh, in the league and I think he's got 11 in 11 in his last 11 goals in his last 11 appearances so he's just been fantastic Mane really stepping up at the important time just like he did last season in the Champions League Scoring in the final, he re-stepped at the knockout stages. He's been brilliant so far. I think Origi deserves a mention. He did well when he came on. Uh, he, like when I've seen him before, especially before he got that injury, like he seemed to be a really good goal scorer. But maybe the work ethic wasn't there. But recently, it seems to be the other way around. He's running. He's causing problems. He's working hard for the team. So that's really, really good to see. So now we don't have. A game until the end of the month, thirty first Sunday the thirty first of March against Tottenham. So that's two weeks. Obviously we've got the international break. We've got that win. So we've just got to focus on beating Tottenham at home in the next game now. But we're so so good at home. You've got to fancy us in that one. Tottenham are obviously struggling a little bit at the minute, so let's hope we can play on that. Come on you Reds, let's just keep going. Mark Baker reflecting on Fulham versus Liverpool. Game I felt Liverpool were, I wouldn't say fortunate to get over the line because Fulham never looked likely to hate Liverpool. But as long as it's 1 0 in a football match and the better side 
in this case Liverpool, are not showing a great deal of purpose to go out and, and put the game to bed and win the game, then you're always likely to be in a susceptible situation in which a set play or uh, a bit of percentage football, a knockdown or an individual mistake in this case is, is what's happened with Liverpool, allows the opposition back into the game and it looked like Liverpool were going to fall short. Ultimately, they didn't for a moment of fortune. But for me, Liverpool are, are sleepwalking at the moment in games. They're, they're not going out there with a sense of real authority to the game. I feel that they lack creativity in midfield. We know this and are relying on individual moments within games to eventually decide the outcome. And I just don't believe it's sustainable, and I feel it's going to be a massive problem going into the running. I think a big part for me is Liverpool were able to manage the loss of Felipe Coutinho earlier in the season in terms of creation and combining midfield to attack by including Gerrard and Shaqiri in the side. Now, Liverpool played the best football for me in December, in a 4-2-3-1 system in which Shaqiri played off the right-hand side of the pitch, coming infield to combine with the higher players. Now, Shaqiri's a player who, probably the only player really in Liverpool's side in the final third, who has got that ability to be able to find a pass. He's got a good range of pass, an excellent weight of pass. He can break lines and he can see things and execute things that other people can't. Now, I felt it was a massive plus because he gave Liverpool something that all the other highest players in the side don't have in terms of being able to find that pass and unlock the door. But since December, Klopp has gone back to a 4-3-3 system, and I think the reason behind that is he feels it's it's, it's a more secure system. I felt he felt that even though Liverpool were playing well, they were too easy to play against. It was leaving them vulnerable um, with a two-man midfield rather than a three. Obviously, we talked before about how a three-man midfield is able to cover the, the width of the pitch better. And defender as a, as a collective shuffling across, and I felt he, he felt it was too loose with Shakiri and Manny playing them wide positions. So he he's gone back to what what I'd suggest is his default system. And you might think to yourself, well, why then can't Shakiri fit into that system and continue to play? Because I think it has been generally um, a talking point that he hasn't been selected. But if you look, he has never played Shakiri in a four-three-three. And the key to that lies in the player profile of the players Klopp likes in the wide areas of a 4-3-3. So I'll explain that a bit further. So in any team when you're attack, you need some some height to your side, some way to stretch the pitch. And in the 4-3-3, Klopp's height comes from the wide players who look to run in behind and threaten space in behind and go the other way. Firmino obviously comes to the ball and, and tries to do the job of connecting that midfield to attack while they run behind. But Shaqiri isn't, isn't that player profile. Shaqiri is a player who comes towards the ball and looks to combine with central players. Now, I believe that Klopp feels that Shaqiri playing off one of them sides in the 4-3-3 does not offer enough height to the attack. Because in that sense, if he was to play there, then essentially you're only playing with Manny off the left-hand side of the field who offers you the height. Now, the difference with the 4-2-3-1 system is the height comes from your number nine, if you like. So when he was playing the system, he was playing Salah as the number nine, whose first force is always to threaten space in behind. And that automatically drops opposition players that have to, have to sink deeper on the pitch and opens up space into central areas, which allowed Shaqiri to come into 
obviously Manny still provi- providing the height on the left hand side because he's another player who likes to likes to threaten space and behind. So that is the reason why it's a different number nine who plays in the four three three because that is Firmino, and the height comes from the two wide players. The player profile Shakiri is not in the four two three one. He could afford to play Shakiri off the side because he had the height from Salah, which bought into opening the same avenues for attack as with the, the previous system. So that's my thoughts behind the reason that he doesn't play in the system. For me, it's a mistake. I'd switch it and go back. But Liverpool are doing just enough at the moment to get over the line. I just feel it's going to be something that, in the offensive third, will end up costing them because the lack of that creative player, for me, is glaring at the moment. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.